Hello and welcome back to Anon Influence brought to you by The Salt, the first to market nano influence channel in South Africa and part of SA's number one influence marketing group, Infinity. I'm Andalan Sheikh and as usual, we have some great guests on the show today. This is part two of my conversation with Dr. Doug Mateus and Gordon Miller, aka the Doc and the Guru. So if you haven't listened to part one yet, I encourage you to do so. Today's episode is again filled with interesting insights. We look at the accessibility to smartphones with great cameras and internet connectivity as only one of the reasons for the growth in influencer marketing, the lessons all of us marketers can learn from the Kardashians, the shift to purpose-led and inclusivity in brand campaigns, and the doc and the guru's prediction for future of marketing. Enjoy. If you enjoy listening to Anon Influence and find it insightful or helpful or educational, you will also enjoy our fortnightly newsletter. Sign up at the link in our show notes. This podcast series has been made possible through an exclusive sponsorship from SA's number one nano influencer platform, The Salt. Most brands have a communication line to their existing customers, but not a way to get them to have additional positive brand conversations. The Salt solves the problem by identifying brand fans and getting them to talk more about their positive brand experiences. The Salts have a database of over 140,000 registered brand fans and in-depth information on each to perfectly match your brand to the right influencers. Reach out to them now and see what they can do for you. Over the last couple of years, influence marketing obviously has grown quite quickly, especially in South Africa. I think over the last five, six years, it's just skyrocketed. And I was wondering if you have an opinion on what was that game changer that kind of led to marketers taking it a little bit more seriously than what they had before and now seeing it as a legitimate marketing channel. Uh, Gordon, let's start with you. Yeah, well, I mean, I think I've alluded to the, the mobile device, obviously, you know, becomes influencing, becomes an out-of-the-home uh, kind of experience as well. It was previously an in-home or media consumption experience. Now it's an out-of-home. So I, I can be influenced at a point of decision-making rather than kind of our priority, which I think is a major point of difference. Um, and, you know, I just also think it's, it's quantum at the end of the day. You know, you, there's massive quantum behind the scene, but there's also focus. And at the end of the day, you, you want to be influenced by somebody. And, and we've seen a lot of this uh, as a meme coming through our, our podcast in the last two years, Doc, trust. And during COVID, trust has become a major issue. So you're looking for trusted people. So it doesn't have to be a superstar. That's impressive. And if, and if I could grow a beard like George Clooney, you know, maybe I, you know, I could do something, but I, I can't. So I need, I, need a, I need to lower my sights a bit and find somebody who can influence me. So I think, I think it's a realization that uh, it's mobile. It can happen anywhere, anytime. Um, is is something and and i think it, it also was um kind of around the growth of of, of understanding and media of, of the poe model paid owned earned and if you start looking at the value of earned uh communication earned influence which you don't necessarily have to pay for mm. um then i think it, it was really became apparent that to spend a million bucks is one thing to spend a million bucks and get Two million bucks mm. worth of exposure is good to spend a million bucks and get two million bucks of discounted exposure plus another two yeah. because your your message yeah. has been amplified by influencers. That's the game changer. So it's the amplification um, of successful campaigns from trusted people that that makes all the difference. I think. 
yeah, absolutely, Gordon. And I think I, I go along with you. You know, it's the, the brand in your hand type thing, you know, with the device, the mobile device, data prices coming down, price of smartphones coming down. Everybody is now taking photographs. I mean, you look back 10, 20 years ago, you'd have to have a camera and, a, and a, you know, we, it's just, you know, the, the research bears it out. I mean, but I mean, we're a sample of two here, Gordon. I mean, I very rarely walked around with a camera uh, 20 years ago. Yeah, obviously, you've got holiday. In there. But I'm talking about everyday stuff. You know, so whether you're taking a photograph of your meal and posting that on social. So it's, it's the data come down, the phones, the um, camera phones, and then also the social media and the ability to dialogue two ways. You know, so once you stick something out, it's like, the table tennis, I guess. You've got to expect the ball to come back. So when you put something out, much like you know you do with your podcast and we do, you know, you hope to get dialogue and that you can at least prolong that discussion, that it's not just 30 minutes or an hour, whatever the case may be. And the same then, you know, um, and I mean Gordon, we've had on our show people where people have started to put different lenses onto things for argument's sake. Let's take, you know, if you if you cast your mind back to the sharks stadium and what they've done so you 10 years ago if you go to the sharks rugby stadium the primary product is a rugby game you may have a curtain raiser but you're going to go there for the main game they're 80 minutes and the guys play and win lose or draw that's kind of what happens but what they've realized is that people are influenced differently so little kids little ease want to come there and they want to swim so there's a little swimming pool now on the at the ground maybe bigger kids or gaming, you can't swim against this gaming tide now yep. and wish it wasn't so, Gordon. You know That's what I mean? Good. So there's a gaming environment and then there's a family stand. And there's, so what I'm saying is the, the stadium itself and the, and the thinking behind it has influenced or try to at least accommodate difference of, of behavior these days. And we, and we can chat about that so that people come there for different reasons. Uh, and, and I think that's part of it. You know, it's, it's understanding the current dynamics of, of where you are not getting caught up in 10 years ago and wishing it wasn't so. You know, I've also seen and spoken with people where you, you hear that, that people wish it was different. And I think the social media thing, you know, uh, has, has changed the game for me completely because of the two-way dialogues and the real-time yeah, dialogue. I mean, but also, you know, I think beyond marketing, um, there are, are realities that we've become aware of I mean, the power of consumer journalism. I mean, if you look at some of the greatest stories broken around the world now, it's, it's because of consumer journalism. Ask Boris Johnson how he feels about consumer journalism. Yes. The picture of him having a, you know, a glass of wine with his mates has backfired. But so, so I think we've recognized from uh, ooh, from journalism perspective uh, that uh, the, uh, yeah, the power of, of that you know, can be communicated to marketing as well. I think also a big part of it is that, to your point, that people have become aware of certain things and we've become a bit skeptical of brands telling us how amazing they are. But if someone else advocates for it who we trust, we're going to give them a go. And then secondly, influencers also potentially put a personality and a face to a brand. So there is that accessibility, that two-way dialogue. We're not being spoken yes. at, but or two, we're having a conversation at the end of the day. In the last couple of years, two, three years, is there any influencer campaigns that stand out for you that really caught your eye and, and why? Uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, again, I, I don't think there's one or two that have stood out, but I think I go along with what Gordon says. You know, when you look at, and I look at the authenticity of the 
person or I try to judge the authenticity of the person. So for argument's sake, let me give you campaigns that I don't like in my considerations here for me. But I mean, lots of people do love them as, as the rise and continued rise of the Kardashians. As an example, you know, when yeah, I just the think, waves of but, nausea but, 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 I, out of but I can't, yeah. I can't win that battle. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I want to almost go back to the creator, Ryan Seacrest. Not seafood. You, you <laughs> called him Ryan Seacrest. <laughs> yeah, a while ago. Freudian when, when Jeremy was there. Jeremy Meg. He said <laughs> Freudian. But the point is, Ryan Seacrest. He's actually Ryan Seafood. So I want to go back to Ryan Seafood and say, but hold on a second. You created this monster with all its spin-offs and all but no one cares what I want. And that's, I think, the lesson for marketers, Gordon. It does the world doesn't spin around your axis, what you want. So as much as I don't like those, and you know, whether it's Kendall doing makeup or Kylie, whichever one's doing makeup, or whatever the case may be, who cares what I want? And so you've got to embrace that and at least look at where the world is in terms of, of an influencer campaign. And I mean, so for me, the, the, I don't, I'm not that impressed with that. But again, you know, I think the important thing is to check your ego and to understand what the world wants at the moment. Mm -hmm. And then I think, you know, just looking at um, the good side of it, you know, I look at, I look at, and we've spoken at length about purpose as most people have, and, and really what is purpose? Is it something you're just jumping on? Is it real purpose? Are you really doing it? All of those things, okay? So if I look at some of the work that, again, would resonate with me, uh, I may not resonate with the next person. I'm quite encouraged by some of the work where brands are speaking up. You know, uh, you, look at, you look at Adidas lately, uh, well, not lately, a few years back, they uh, partnered with a company called Poly, uh, Ocean Plastic, okay? So then at the Australian Open two years ago, all the Adidas-sponsored athletes at the Tennis Open played in recycled kit. In other words, their clothing was recycled. They've got run for the oceans. They've got a lot of stuff now where you can at least see what they're doing. You know, a few years back, uh, I think it was Supersport actually, where they recycled material and the plastic and made it into cricket stumps and, and bats for bat and ball on the beach. You know what I mean? So those are the give back programs where I can see a brand doing something good for society. And I think that to me is far more impressive than, you know, somebody necessarily just punching a product. But, you know, as a marketer, I've done it as well. You know, we live in a world of consumerism. You know, my job, kid yourself not, you know, was to, was to dolly something up and sell it. Uh, and so mm -hmm. who am I now to criticize the next person because they've used an avenue that just today is called influencer marketing? For me, I think, you know, trying to analyze the answer to your question and is look at, look at who's changed my behavior. Uh, sometimes, um, if, if, if I take my view of, of uh, women in, in advertising and the role that they play, it's, it's been my colleagues who've, who've gone into leader, leadership positions. So people like Yvonne Johnson don't always like the things she say, but, but I've taken them to heart and I understand and, and they've changed my behavior. So there are those influencers who are close to me because I, I know their pedigree, I know the insights, and, and I trust the, the intellect and integrity. But then there are the bigger guys. Um, you know, I always get mixed up between, you know, who, who's the gorilla lover, David Attenborough or Richard? It's, it's Sir David, isn't it? So, you know, I, I'm now at the point where I would pay a premium to buy a product that isn't in a plastic bag because of that influence from, from the BBC. And But David Attenborough, I think... Uh, is really for me, uh, you know, is it David or which one? Yeah. His brother is the, it doesn't matter. We all know who you're talking about. Yeah. 
you know, the Tarzan guy. So he's changed my view. I mean, I really, I'm desperate now to buy stuff that isn't in plastic packaging. So that's influencer for me. I, would, I, I like we had it uh, on the show we talked about. It. I genuinely would pay a premium for something that wasn't in a plastic package. And that that's a game changer. Yeah. And I think, you know, Gordon, I look at absolutely. And I think, you know, it's all of those. And it's those where you, I guess, where you are in your, in your life, you know. Uh, where you're absolutely. 18, I suppose you have a very different view to when you're 40. But the point of the story is if I look at just change behavior and I look at, at recycling, and I look at, at, at and I, I don't need somebody to walk around a placard saying save the earth. I, I just need to look at the facts and then I need to maybe be influenced by certain people. But if I look at our behavior as a, as a, as a household, as a family over the last X years, it's changed significantly mm-hmm. in terms of that one dynamic, in terms of, of plastic and awareness of recycling and awareness of all of that. Now, you, I don't know where it all, I don't know where, but it's a drip strategy. You know, sometimes in marketing, it's not just the big bang, the big launch, it's a drip, drip, drip. And you just hope that over a period of time of drips, you get a half a bucket of water. Yeah. And so maybe that's the thing, you know, so wherever those drips came from, I look at, you know, and again, you look at checkers um, and you offshore, so you wouldn't have seen their latest campaign. But the point is, they, I don't know if you've seen it, Gordon, they add now with the polar, the polar bear in the store and the, and the orangutan and that. Because what they've done is also, you know, spoken about, and it's a cute ad. And so it draws you in. There's a kid, there's an animal, so you're really uh, in the right direction. Mm-hmm. But the message is an important one, and that is about using their, or buying their range of, you know, ethically sourced responsibly done products and, yeah. and that's that's where it's you know so those are the sort of things but again i stress the point it's where you i think it's where you are and that's the thing with consumer segmentation and the consumer behavior and understanding your consumer you know to take the big paintbrush out it's very very dangerous you know, sometimes you need the fine brush mm. so that you can paint your back to your earlier analogy of color stay within the line understand at least your segment uh you're not going to appeal to everyone with every message we know that to be the case. Mm-hmm. Sticking with your art analogy, I mean, I think you know, if, if I look at a piece of art or listen to a piece of music, I've just finished reading Elton John's uh, autobiography called Me. Um, and if I look at a book like that, what I'm looking for is the integrity of mm-hmm. the artist. Mm-hmm. You can spot a, a piece of artwork which is technically sound, but the integrity is lacking. You just can't bond with it. I enjoyed Elton John's book because it was about him. So, I, you know, that's that's crucial for me in any successful entrepreneur I mean in, in influencer campaign. So you know why do I listen to Yvonne Johnson? Because I know she's walked the walk and, and her opinion is of value to me. She's not talking about stuff she doesn't know. So you know it, what's the flip side of that? I mean Rusty Erasmus, we all love Rusty. We love the fact that he's wound up the entire rugby world. But when when, when Rusty starts trying to get me to buy Bitcoin, yeah. I'm just like who do you think you influence it? Seriously, stick to what you know. So that's the key to it for me. Any campaigns um, that you know are, are, are linked to the integrity of, of that individual and the product usage under that circumstance work for me. LeBron James just converted to Mountain Dew Rise after 17 years of endorsing Coca-Cola. Now he's discovered that his entire <laughs> career would have been enhanced had he been drinking Mountain Dew Rise. It's bollocks, okay? I mean, I actually, I can't imagine anybody, unless you didn't know, unless, and if you're under the age of 17 and you didn't know that LeBron James, you know, endorsed Coke for 17 years, maybe you're going, 
at a Martin Duras. But yeah, I, I just think that's shallow. So that's the one for me where Pepsi did drop the ball. But, you know, there we go. And I think, Gordon, your point is, you know, also talking about, I guess for me, wider societal topics. You know, if you look at, let's take an example, you look at the USA soccer team, women, they now at the next World Cup are going to get paid the same as the men. And that's been a lobby, a case that's been lobbied for years and years and years. So even if you're not a fan of soccer or you're not a huge uh, out, outly spoken about gender rights and, and equal, it, it, if you look at the case and you look at some mm. of the, the main players, Megan Rapinoe, uh, as uh, leading the forefront of societal change. You know, if I look at, um, I don't know if you saw the cover of the American Sports Illustrated now, has got Elon Musk's mother on it, May Musk. You know, and there again, it's breaking ages. And now Sports Illustrated for many years has been criticized because it's stick thin girls and there's a view of beauty. You know, you look back years ago uh, to Dove with his very first mm. thing called Dove Beauty Sketches, you know, with the sketch artist would sketch the lady who re re described herself and then somebody else described her. And in all or more, most cases, the, the other person described her more accurately and more beautifully because it's a self-esteem. So there's a lot of those pieces of work that are being done. Antibody shaming, uh, you know, acceptance uh, across the board, etc. So if you look at if you look at all of those, and, and it's not just an individual, but sometimes an event or an organization that, that speaks up against something. You know, you look at uh, just in that beauty space, Victoria, and the only reason why these are topical in case you think I'm uh, uh, going to be uh, using some of those products, Gordon, well, is it's not, speaker, right? it's not. It's coming up. It's hard to come up. There's only, there's only the three of us. And what I'm saying about influencer marketing, I don't think it's just about influencing somebody to purchase. So I'm not buying those products Certainly not for myself, maybe. But what it does do that <laughs> is it just alerts you to something, an issue that maybe you weren't aware of. Now, Victoria seeks on my consideration set, but I was busy putting together some slides the other day for a presentation that I'm doing. And so I was looking particularly at sexism in advertising. I was looking at gender role, gender stereotypes, all this. Stuff. I mean, one of the classic examples, a great ad, the global Heineken ad with the, the men, it's called men drink cocktails too. Mm, yeah. So it was a flip. You know, most people would look at it and probably say, hey, women drink beer. But the ad's not called that. Mm. It's not called women drink beer. It's called men drink cocktails too. Mm. And, uh, and that's an example. So when I look at these pieces of work, I pull them all together and they influence me uh, to at least think differently about something. Hashtag no filter. That's how this podcast is delivering real down-to-earth stories told by real people. For an influencer campaign that takes brand conversation to everyday real-life situations, go check out thesalt.co.za. They are the undisputed experts in real influencer marketing. Absolutely. And I go back to what you said earlier about this drips and different messaging and different where you get it. When I was younger, the, the big thing was the ozone layer. And everyone's talking about ozone, 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 and that you were getting sick of it. And now I don't even talk about it anymore because miraculously everyone kind of changed their behavior over a long period of time. And hopefully that's what we're going to do with, with other environmental issues as well and changing behavior for good. But I think it all comes back to that behavioral science where we're not just punting products. We're punting a lifestyle, we're punting a reputation, we're punting a different way of looking at 
brands as well. And to your point, Victoria's Secret is busy undergoing a whole refresh of how people see them and perception um, by literally having a big inclusivity drive at the moment because they've always been seen as, as this heavy sexist brand who only looks at six foot tall, beautiful women. I mean, I could never look like that. So I, it doesn't resonate with me. So people like me who's ordinary, I wouldn't go buy their, their lingerie. It will be my boyfriend who buys it, who goes like, oh, wow, look at these beautiful women. So I think there's a huge shift in the world at the moment, just that's purpose-led and behavioral-led instead of just, just buy my things because it's pretty. Mm-hmm. So I think sometimes, you know, in taking that decision, uh, you've got to be, and I want to use the word bold, and a lot of it's a bit cliched, you know, everyone's bold in advertising, bold in marketing. But I mean, if I just look at some of the work from Nike on the last few years where they started using a, a woman breastfeeding as a lead, a lead image in their campaign, you know, plus size models as lead images in their campaign. For, an athletic brand that traditionally has been performance based. Now we know that a lot, if not the majority, of people who buy products are not superstar athletes. Mm-hmm. You know, they they just average Joe like us. You know, we'd go in and go to whatever shop and we'd buy a sweatshirt or a t-shirt or whatever the case may be, and we don't all look like the the top athlete. So that's quite interesting how they've used that they've used and they've used the, the woman's body as an example of of showing you know they've used uh women doing sport like boxing and and profile that you know what i mean they've used people of a muslim faith you know with muslim outfit with a nike uh a, a nike logo as an example you know so they it's it's really what you what it is it's an all-inclusive ad saying all comers are welcome you know, come in and, and, and buy Nike, use Nike, do whatever the case may be. And I, and I think that's that's important. But at the time, you know, you look back and you say, ah, it's what a great campaign. I would have, everyone says I would have done it to you because it was successful. If you look at the share price and you look at the sales. But at the time, you know, I'd be very curious, Gordon, to have been in that boardroom when you present the work that is very, very different to the work that you, and a lot of people are veterans of, of Nike, so they would have seen the work for so many, and they bring something that's so jarring, so different, and and they bought into it. So yeah, you know, and I mean, I don't want to single out just Nike. There are lots of other companies doing it. I mean, I'll give an example. Years ago, Puma, the other athletics brand, uh, did a campaign called the After Hours Athlete, and it was about people playing pool in the bar, darts in the bar, the guys drinking in the bar, and then walking home in the Puma sneakers or, or a zip through mm. tracksuit top. And they tapped into the insight that a lot of people who buy Puma are not athletes. They're after hours athletes. And again, that's now that does that influence you to say, oh, it's okay for me to buy a tracksuit because I'm that guy, I resonate and I identify. And that wasn't called an influence of probably a traditional campaign. I'm going back mm. about a decade or so now. Uh, but the point is, I'm just looking at things. As I said, my definition isn't just a narrow one. It's a wide one. Of, of changing consumer behavior through some sort of influence. And certainly there, they allowed the average Joe to buy the kit. In fact, they encouraged the average Joe to buy the kit. Yeah, yeah. So, gents, what do you think influencer marketing has in store for us over the next five years? And I know that's like an infinite amount of time when it comes to anything digital. But what's those main things you think is going to change or evolve? What's the next step that we're going to see? 
I think you're gonna you're gonna see a lot of it played out you know, in terms of of the media platform that each each influencer represents. So one of the biggest phenomenon, and I'm not talking influencer now specifically, but one of the biggest media phenomena right now is um, platforms like Amazon are becoming massive advertising platforms in and of themselves, rights, the, you know, of their own right. So retailers like Amazon uh, are becoming, you know, um, advertising platforms and they're making revenue out of their platforms. And I think we're going to see the same sort of thing happening with influencers now, which is monetization of your platform. Um, so influencers obviously want to monetize for their own personal gain, but Somewhere along the line, I think you know, looking at those influencers actually selling, you know, the stuff that they that they are influencing, it has to be done with credibility. It has to be achievable. Um, I have to be buying stuff from people that I actually believe in. But I, I do think it's going to shift, and that you know, you're going to go beyond just the messaging of uh, endorsement of influence to the okay. If you were influenced by my decision, then here it is. This is what you should do, and it's our special this week. It'll be personally endorsed by me, personally signed by me, if necessary, whatever the case may be. Um, so I, I think we're going to see we're going to see that recognition that influencers go beyond controlling the narrative to actually becoming part of the sales drive and building on the narrative. Agree. And you, Doc, what you do know, you I think? think? I think from my side, you know, I guess as if I just look at our local market, and I spoke earlier about data prices, and I spoke about. Um, uh, smartphones. The, I think as those and there's continual pressure on on the mobile networks as well as you know, the handset manufacturers to bring those down. So as that rises, I think you'll find one more influences. So more people having a voice. Gordon's point of you know consumer journalism. I made the point of everyone with a phone, uh, a camera at least has a has a view. So I think it'll increase. But I think I think and I'm hoping that people would look at the authenticity yeah. and and question that. You know, my point of, I look at the messenger and do I buy the messenger before the message? Uh, I think for me, would be an encouraging sign so that you weed it out. The problem though is it's so difficult because one is what is good for one is not good for the other and there is no one size fits all. So yeah, I think I think the easier answer I think will be a growth in, in, uh, in, in influences across the platform. And I think the more difficult answer is to try and find your level of authenticity, whatever that may be. I agree with that. Yeah. And that actually brings us to the end of our, our conversation, James. And I've had so much fun. But my last question to you is, what do you think is the, the benefits of actually including influencer marketing into your 360 marketing plans for the next year, say, for marketers? It's balance for me, you know, if we come back to the POE model, paid and earned, you know, um, there are a lot of people who spend a lot of money and we, we, in, a, in a recent podcast, like we, we, we spoke to somebody about analyzing uh, the data and analyzing the earned you know, social media narrative, which, which is important and it has to be done. But so much more, you know, important is your response to that analysis. And I think... That that's got to be it. You've got to you know you've got to integrate it into the total offering. So you, you do not uh, you do not necessarily always find yourself responding to the social media narrative, but actually controlling the narrative against your your set brand objectives. So if it's health, if it's wellness, if it's gender, 
non-biased gender behavior, what, what, whatever it is your, your, your focal point, you, you need to build it into your total offering. And to a degree for me, it's, it's kind of like where sponsorship came in in the early days. In the early days for me, sponsorship was the brand in action. Mm. This is what you know, we claim yeah. to do. Look at us, we sponsored there, you see it played out at ground, ground level. So in many respects for me, uh, social influences are the brand in action on a, on, a, on a personal level, right down to the nano and micro influences. Yeah, and Gordon, I agree with you. And I think, you know, the, the up and the downside of, of linking a brand, and again, you know, I've had the benefit of, of working with, they probably weren't even called influencers as, as called sportsmen or endorsers, endorsements, uh, ambassadors, brand ambassadors, whatever. The, the fact of the matter is they were, they were paid to do a job for us, but they were so linked, good or bad behavior, to our brand. Now, you know, you've got to be so careful because a lot of the times you you embracing pe- people or the people are living their own lives. You know, you can't control their behavior every day. Sure, they sign a piece of paper and it says, I'll do this, I won't do that, I won't do this, I will do that. But, you know, you can't monitor it. And I've had a number of calls where, um, you know, people would stray off and not... <laughs> and it's and it has an impact on the brand because invariably they'd be either so linked to the brand through association mm. or physically linked to the brand. In other words, what I'm saying is they'd be driving a car with your name or wearing an item of clothing representing the brand. And so you've got to also manage that. Um, I've also had the good experience of, of you know using some local people who we call influencers today. Where I mean, one lady was uh, about to go to a gala event talking on our behalf. And she phoned me up and asked if I would mind if she wore a yellow dress, knowing that yellow is the color of one of our major competitors. So having that sense is fantastic. So I I, I absolutely wear it. But it, it was it was encouraging Gordon because that's a very rare example of somebody yeah. having that yeah, awareness, you know, saying, yeah. hold on a second, I know that they've mm. put so much of their money into their color, yeah. brand color, yeah. brand yeah. recognition. Are you are you okay with this? And it was quite a high profile event. Um, but I think yeah, you know, just going along with what Gordon's saying is where I think it is, it's gonna be part of it, but it's to bring it through and I, and I made the point earlier of the difficulty sometimes that I've experienced of bringing different people in with egos into one room for one common goal where a lot of the time each person would want to make sure their patch was the best it can be mm-hmm. now if you're going to bring influences they must straddle across that you know and sometimes people are unaware because your brand's not that special whether this is an ad whether it's genuine whether whatever and so i need that person to speak but understand the whole dynamic here and in many cases you know if i look at the old school pr that is now morphed into digital and social and social speaking mm-hmm. it was the cinderella gordon they would often come in last yeah. after the glory boys which was the creator yeah. and then i'd spend quite a lot of time with media because they were costly so i'd want to know how the money was being shown but i mean they had it just they had put the, the, this idea into the into the media where which media you know what i mean and then somewhere hey by the way there's somebody written a few stories and today it's it's, it's evolved on that but i mean the point i'm making is i'd like it all to come together a lot sooner and your point Gordon, to be integrated up front that it's not an afterthought yeah absolutely i think that is brilliant and that's my hope as well that everyone is on the same team everyone gets briefed in from day dot everyone's sitting in those rooms together because also in influencer marketing sometimes 
the the big ideas have been discussed the creative is there and then they go oh by the way we need an influencer marketing campaign next week and then it's like oh so did you consider x y and z and it's like no but can you just retrofit it can you just make it work and and i think that integration is absolutely key on the integration part there you know you talk about big data because if it's a big solid chunk of something Big data is actually just lots and lots of, of little bits of data, and I think that's that's what one has to do. That your your your, uh, your influencer campaign is, in a sense, your end campaign is like big data, mm-hmm. but the component elements of your influencer campaign are lots and lots of little bits. So you've got to look, yes, at each individual little bit should be aligned, yeah. but then you have to look at the aggregation, and you need. You can't control each influencer too tightly because you will lose the, the spontaneity. But you can at least have them aligned in flying in the same direction mm-hmm. so that, you know, that uh, the end objective collectively, the big data, the big influencer data is, uh, is aligned to your objective. Absolutely. Gents, thank you so much for the chat. And hopefully we'll chat again soon. I, I certainly have learned a lot today and had a lot of fun. So catch you on the flip side. Yep, thank you. And to all the listeners out there, thanks for the time. And let's just keep talking. Yeah, great. Thanks, Absolutely. Thanks, Anne. It was a pleasure. And yeah, we'll catch up later. Take care. Absolutely. Ciao. Thanks, Jen. This podcast series has been made possible by The Salt, the influencer company that turns influence into affluence. In the same way that information is presented in this podcast in a relatable and authentic way, The Salt gets your customers to tell their real brand stories to their community. Go to thesalt.co.za to learn more about how the salt can help you grow your business.